coming up. Once you realize that you're being used as a tool, you can stop. Nobody cared about my concerns. Nobody cared. I felt so used. Again, and a non-gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. Two unlikely friends take on the world. James, what's going on with boys? Well, actually, Zac Efron is newly single, which I'm very happy about because I think it means that Santa's heard me. Good one. I'm guessing you mean the magazine, <laughs> but you weren't specific. Boys magazine. I don't know. <sighs> I mean, I- I've never heard of this magazine before. Really? Dan, we've literally advertised in it. <laughs> Have we? Yeah, which is a huge problem, FYI. They supported LGB Alliance, which is this horrendous group of people that believe the T doesn't belong with the L, the G and the B. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> turf, turf, turf. And... I mean, you can guess that they're untoward just because of the title, right? What do you mean? Even the unseasoned observer can look at that and go, well, they've taken the T off that. Right, they? exactly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think they were hosting this event with these people who are transphobic and... All that day, they were doubling. People were calling them out for it, and they were doubling down, saying, "We've got to give them a, a platform. You can't shut down debate because you don't agree with it." <laughs> Sorry, what? Um, Who is that? You're doing an impression. Well, of? if you're going to say thick things, you, it's impossible to not put the thick voice. <laughs> yeah, on. it's just that's the voice I do for you. So it was quite funny. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. I just want to say something here because, yes, we have a really interesting guest on the show today. Normally, before we do an interview like this, we'd sit here and we'd be like, trigger warning, this is dark, and that all applies. But actually, at the same time, I feel like this is going to make you feel quite good about the world because this interview exposes turf extremism in a big way. And it tells us that it isn't a whole bunch of people like we imagine it is. It's actually a minority of people just making a lot of noise. And I think that is actually a huge win. It's so funny, isn't it? Because at the start of this year, Dan, I flippantly said, and I'll admit that it was flippant, that this was 2020, the year of being a trans ally, and that we were going to do everything we could in this podcast to support trans people. And I've said that before, 20 by teen, 20 gay teen. You're going to struggle with next year. Right. Well, I haven't got there yet. But anyway, I didn't really assume that we would go as in on our trans allyship as we have. And I'm very proud of us for doing it. But it wasn't as deliberate as it felt at the start of the year. It actually just happened because there's just been so much transphobia. And I believe that an attack on the trans community is also an attack on the gay community, the lesbians, the bisexuals all of our family. And we can't let these people get away with it, right? Because if if we allow transphobia to rage, that forest fire, to quote Gino Dawson, will eventually spread throughout the rest of the community. And anyway, I think this episode exposes where that fire is coming from. So today on the podcast, we are joined from Seattle by Amy Dias, who was recruited into the heart of something called the gender critical movement. This is quite a lot to take in, and it's potentially quite a difficult listen. But the gender critical movement consists of people who are transphobic, people who are critical of gender, and people who question how trans rights impact women's rights, also known as TERFs. Yeah. They are a threat 
to trans people. Amy talks about how she was recruited into the movement in 2018. The disruption of Pride in London that year, the techniques she used to take down critics, the bullying, harassment, and even sexual abuse she experienced within this movement, and also her eventual departure. As I said, it may be a difficult listen for some. If you are affected by any of the issues in this episode, please do reach out to either Stonewall or Mermaids in the UK or The Trevor Project in the USA. So listen to it, take it in, understand it. And then hopefully, if you or any of your friends are attacked by people like this, or you see people questioning trans people online, you'll be armed with the knowledge that this is just bullshit. A gay and a non-gay. I'm still trying to get my head around the whole thing. Can you just explain, like, in layman's terms, what the gender-critical movement is and what they believe? Yeah, well, they believe that they're defending the rights of women and girls and protecting them, their spaces and services, opportunities. They do a good job of gaining sympathy from the public with uh, using certain arguments. Uh, So what I saw were damsels in distress. And so I just, I had sympathy. I wanted to protect these women. I thought, oh, lesbians are under attack. Specifically for me, what got me in was just, you know, wanting to protect, you know, the gay community, basically, because I thought we're being bullied or pressured into doing things they didn't want to do or invalidated. But that's all just really bad faith arguing. And I had to really get into it to understand it. So I feel like I'm in a unique position because I bought the bait. I went down that rabbit hole. And then I saw it was never really about defending lesbians because they don't do that. They just weaponize us and try to divide the community. This is going to be a fascinating episode already. I have so many questions and I want to know everything. I think you're so brave for speaking out and, and like intelligent. You're like, you've learned so much from it. It's, it's really fascinating. So gender critical movement, is that, a, is that like an official group? Is that like a Facebook page? Yeah. And are they all lesbians or are they just women? There are all kinds of orientations and identities. Right. Even men. So they're not feminists necessarily, I guess is the point. Yeah. It's really not about feminism. But they are transphobic. <laughs> they are. Uh, some of them are feminists. Like a lot of them are actually notable feminists. And I think like that uh, was one of the big things that helped me break away. Because these radical feminists over there, especially in the UK, but even some in America, they are promoting this idea of um, like butch phobia, like they're against butch film, they call it role playing. They hate gay culture, they hate pride. Pride shame was a hashtag. As a gay person, that really um, rubbed me the wrong way. You've called it a cult and said they groomed you when you were vulnerable, they, they wanted to control you, keep tabs on your movements, and right. said they were emotionally and sexually abusive. How did this happen? How did you get into this and, and what went down? I was in a pretty bad place, uh, like in 2018. So I was working a full-time job, but I would like go to sleep in, in my uh, SUV. But so you can see I was in a mental state where... Uh, I guess I was more vulnerable to these ideas. And so uh, I started getting scouted by an after Ellen writer, actually. It's a pretty popular uh, lesbian and bisexual culture website. So anyway, one of their writers uh, was kind of like messaging me, this fear mongering kind of messaging, like lesbians 
are under attack. Everything's awful. Like there's a lot of doom and gloom. So basically I just got triggered a lot. She found what would get me upset and on board and she started manipulating me. Like soon I found myself writing for After Ellen and I was in some uh, international group of power lesbians, like, you know, influential lesbians. I've always wanted to be a power lesbian. <laughs> Clearly it won't happen. <laughs> so this After Ellen writer kind of brought you into it by just triggering you all the time with all this content. They trigger me all the time and that's what they do to different demographics. Like say if you're a woman who's like a rape survivor, like you've had experienced male violence, like at, at the top, uh, they'll trigger you on that. They just find different ways to get people scared and they find whatever you're insecure about or angry about and they manipulate that. They're working people up. They're making uh, a marginalized group believe that our greater LGBT community hates us. But, so I'm speaking out because I'm kind of in a unique place, being on both sides of it and going through it and knowing what it feels like to get roped into something like that, uh, to believe them sincerely. And it's just really surreal because uh, um, a lot of the people who were applauding me before in 2018 and early 2019, they pile on me now. Going back to like 2018, where you were sort of drawn into this gender critical movement, did you ever have any negative thoughts about trans people? Or, I mean, or any thoughts at all? I had positive and negative. I saw my first trans woman in person back in like 2003 and thought she was very attractive. But around 2017, I was on Tumblr and there's a lot of radical feminist uh, propaganda and messaging on Tumblr. Like there's a lot of war of the minds going on there. Because you have the new LGBT community, which some of the ideas are out there, but there's a lot of new ideas that are, that are complicated. And uh, I wasn't even trying to be political on my Tumblr because I actually had retweeted one of my followers, or not retweeted, but reposted on, on Tumblr, one of my followers, uh, for some kind of lesbian pride post. I'm like, yeah, lesbians are the best. And then my follower like called me a turf for that. So you just posted like lesbians are awesome and someone called yeah. you a turf. That's ridiculous. It was a lesbian pride post. She posted something pro-lesbian. I said, yeah, lesbians are the best. And I got called a turf for that. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying they're the best. It's like... Right, absolutely. Lesbians are I'm... the best. It's That's such a lame thing to call you a turf for. That was my gateway. Because then that you started thinking, th am I? It made me think, well, these people who are using this word, maybe like they're wrong. And so it made me like want to investigate that more. And then uh, so I guess I was I was set up to be more open to gender critical views. And so when I saw these people uh, writing coded turf messages, tweets on Twitter, I connected with the messaging. It connected with some anger. And I think it's because of being mislabeled. And it makes you more open to believing the lies. It's like they get you on one thing that you're pretty, pretty certain you know what happened there. And then like it opens up, you know, more doors. And I started repeating rhetoric that I didn't even believe. This gender critical movement have encouraged people 
who are vulnerable, which is basically all mm -hmm. LGBT people, to be honest. Yeah, we all um, are. And they've tried to like bring out their internal homophobia and mm -hmm. and use yeah. that to fan the flames of their yeah. homophobia, transphobia. Yeah, and, and I've noticed a pattern. A lot of us actually uh, survived very conservative homes and upbringings like myself. There's a pattern there. So they get to that part of you too. And then one day you look around and you're surrounded by the same people like you spent years escaping. And that's like, wow, the lights are on. We, what you call it right wing is beyond that. It's quite a disparate group of people who are so anti-trans people that they basically decide, well, I know that these people are awful, but for the greater good of getting rid of trans people or whatever will go along yeah. with these people yeah yeah that's exactly what it is the the right wing the alt-right even has infiltrated this movement and gotten feminists to share neo-nazi propaganda and to defend it and i warned them and that's when they started uh pushing back against me this was in 2019 and they refused to and i became hated for being one of the the few people one of the only ones with influence saying some things here are wrong. They didn't care. Is this all happening on Facebook or is it in WhatsApp? Is it in personal conversations, emails? Like, where is it? It's everywhere, all the above. They have meetings in real life. I've met with some people in the States for in real life. They're wow. on YouTube and uh, Breitbart. Like they've created new social media so they can say all the hate they want to say. Uncensored, wow. but they have to go on an alt-right platform to do that. And they don't realize, hey, what does this say about us? A gay and a non-gay. Pride in London had um, an invasion of lesbians because they were anti-trans and they kind of held up the parade for hours. It took me ages to kind of get my head around why lesbians might hate a transgender person. So I guess this is my long way of asking, do you understand why that would be? So first of all, to backtrack, I wouldn't even say most of those women were actual lesbians because they believe that you can make the choice politically to be a lesbian. You don't even have to have sex with a woman. It's just basically centering men and their lesbianism to be like, well, we're going to deny men. I actually think they get off on denying men because they talk about denying men more than they ever talk about being attracted to women. So like, that's not, that's really ugly um, and it's doing harm to lesbians. So I would say this is just a movement to disrupt both of us. I think that they're trying to divide us, create problems where there really doesn't need to be. Uh, they're just trying to get people on board with their fear. They want your attention. They got it, right? There's got to be a, a correlation between the fact that, that these people hate men, presumably yeah. because of something that, that men have done to them in the right. past, like J.K. Rowling, and mm -hmm. the fact that they don't like trans women, I guess because they think that they're men. Yeah, like that's what they would say. Even like, you know, whether they have a penis or not, because, you, you know, there's all kinds of trans women, but they focus on genitalia a lot. How do they know who's got genitalia and who hasn't? I mean, they don't. Can't. <laughs> they don't. They really don't. But but here's the thing, like they talk about dicks more than straight women do. They right. don't <laughs> talk about dicks more than gay men do. <laughs>
Well, I think you know how you, how sometimes is you protest something that you secretly want. A lot of these transphobic lesbians that I talk to have mixed feelings because they'll find some trans women attractive. You know, that's a little thing. So that's again feeding into that. They just don't understand how they feel and they feel weird about it. And it's internalized homophobia, it's internalized transphobia, it's a lot of things. We are a mess as a community and that's okay. But if you start picking on other members of the community because of your mess, then you're a mess. I think there's this desire to control the chaos of it because it is messy. And I think, okay, like I don't like when I came out, there were a few trans people in my whole state and now more people are out. There's more visibility now. And so in our dating pools, we're finding, okay, well, there's more gay and lesbian, bi, trans people, naturally, right? And so the gender critical community is conflicted about that. They're afraid of that. They don't know how to make sense of it. So I think their reaction to it philosophically is to reject all the new stuff, which is what they would call postmodern queer. They hate the word queer because it's inclusive, because it can mean a variety of things. They hate the blurring of things. They want these neat boxes. I feel like that's pretty fundamental to understand. Like, what is a woman? They want that concrete, but then that hurts a lot of cis women too. Right. You know, they, they say, you know, a trans woman can't be a lesbian. And if you like a trans woman, you can't be a lesbian. It's like, what? Like, they're obsessed with trying to, to keep everyone policed in labels. And they just need to let it go. How coordinated are these attacks on, on individuals? What are the sort of tactics? So you can just look at Twitter and see all the pylons. Like every time there's some pro-trans post, especially a company wants to include trans people, you'll see uh, gender critics and TERFs just pounce on them and try to create this perception that the majority of people are against inclusion for trans people, but it's not true. They're just really loud because they have all these platforms they're using and they tell you which platform to go on to. They'll give you a link. Okay, go, go say something here, write a comment or, you know, go get this person. Uh, there are chats, 24 seven chats globally who just say, Hey, here's a post, here's a person. There's targets every day. They just bang that drum of rage and so that's why you see so much anger online. It's because the TERFs coordinate it and they, they let each other know where to go attack. Wow. I've had, a, I've had my name on a list, haven't I really, Dan? Like, not to make this about me, but I defended my friend. Well, I said my friend was the most brave woman I knew. And I think that must have ended up on a list somewhere because I just ended up getting the most amount of hate I've ever had from transphobic people saying how offended my mom and sister must be by that and it was it was deep that's what i'm talking about this stuff is clever it made me think of my nieces in genuinely and i thought wow oh my god have i done something wrong by supporting my friend calling her one of the most amazing well the most amazing women i know because and my niece is going to see that in in 10 years and think i'm a terrible uncle you have these thoughts and you're like you're questioning your own beliefs yeah system. i've just spent this whole time thinking what does this remind me of and it's scientology 
it's exactly the same setup, isn't it? The the, the manipulation and the, the bullying of people. And then when they leave, it's the absolute pylon and the insinuation that these people who have left are crazy. And I was taken advantage of a lot and controlled and manipulated financially and sexually. So I had a lot of radical feminist organizers and leaders uh, sending me like sex stories and nudes, sex video chats, basically trying to control what I was saying, my messaging. So they're kind of bribing you with sex. They're using sex to hypnotize, to control you, sex control. It's like, oh, don't think about that issue you're concerned about over there. Look at my tits. You know what I mean? Like they can use sex to manipulate you. And there were some things I wrote to try to impress certain women. (laughs) That was part of it. Part of the motivation. A lot of things historically happen to try to win the admiration of a woman. I'm not at all judging on that. One of the reasons I've become so angry about trans rights and why I'm fighting so hard is because I really fancied this guy who worked for Stonewall and he was all over it. So I like educated myself more and more on it. What was the like one moment, light bulb moment, if there was, where you realized this is wrong? And what is your like message now going forwards? I think overall, uh, it took time just to realize the cruelty of the movement, the unnecessary meanness. It was just making me unhappy. And uh, like, it's a combination of things like realizing I'm working with homophobes, I'm working with working with all these people. And once I realized that I felt like a tool, once, once you realize that you're being used as a tool, you can stop. I felt so used. I think a lot of it was also just just the homophobia and seeing how they were just using lesbians. Nobody cared about my concerns. Nobody cared. So I, I felt like I was being used and abused and not heard. They alienated me because I had concerns about what they were doing. It's comforting, even just from my perspective, to know that this is a bunch of people working together rather than individual people yeah. with similar thoughts. Because at least then you realize that it is all just BS and that these <laughs> arguments are fake. Thank you for sharing all of this, not just with our audience, but everywhere you are. Yeah, I appreciate that. I like that you guys had me on the show to talk about this because we got to t- we got to talk about some stuff I haven't actually said. So wow. this is a lot of new ground stuff that's going to be addressed in some a couple of major articles coming out. And I think that those are going to really change the game for trans rights and uh, blow the lid off the of GCs. So they're going to be big. I'm excited. Thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support a gay and a non-gay? Visit gaynongay.com slash donate.